welcome to the Champs App Podcast, where we help players and parents demystify the world of minor hockey development and recruiting for both girls and boys. On this episode, I talk with Tony Ann Maiano, who is the Academy Director and Head Coach of the 19U Girls Team at the North American Hockey Academy. We discuss her hockey career at Boston College and with the Boston Pride. She explains in detail how the Naha program works and her role as a coach in the college recruiting process. I really enjoyed this conversation with Tony, and I hope you do too. Before we get to our guest, if you enjoyed this episode and want us to keep making more of them, please share it with teammates and friends. You can also subscribe, like, follow, and even better, it would be great if you would leave us a review. Now, let's drop the puck and get to the show. Very excited to have on Champs App Podcast, Academy Director and Head Coach at the North American Hockey Academy, also known as Naha, Tony Ann Maiano. Originally from the Bronx, New York, she played her last three years of youth hockey at Naha before attending Boston College. During her three years at BC, she was a Patty Kasner finalist. She won the Hockey East Best Defenseman, and she was a three-time Beanpot champion. And on top of that, she was a plus 122 during her four years at BC. After that, she spent a year coaching at a New England prep school before returning to Naha in 2019 to take over the program. Welcome to the podcast, Tony. Thank you, Ray, and thank you for having me. Excited Great to, to have here. you on the podcast. Um, so why don't we start, like we do all our guests, uh, telling us a little bit about your hockey history and starting to play hockey in the Bronx, New York, which is our first guest from the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. I get that often. How did you play hockey in the Bronx? Uh, yeah. yeah, so I started skating, you know, I was about four or five years old. Uh, I played on a, you know, might seize. Uh, I played boys hockey my whole life. Um, I have, you know, four siblings and two of my brothers played. My dad played hockey, uh, two older cousins that played. So I was constantly in a rink as a young girl. And I was, you know, always told my dad, like, dad, I want to get out there. I want to play, you know, and he gave me a shot and I never got off the ice since. Um, um, so let I me played, ask a couple yeah. questions. Did your brothers make you play goalie when you first started? Because that is usually what happens. <laughs> I was a street hockey goalie after school hours and any, any, any way for me to get be able to play, I yeah. jumped into it. So yeah, I was a street hockey goalie for a bit, and then I worked my way out of that position once my younger brother came up in the ranks. Okay, there you go. And and did you ever put on figure skates, or was it only hockey skates as a kid? I did not. I was uh, only hockey only hockey skates. Uh, I I learned how to skate from a Russian uh, way back in the day before I even played on a played on a club team. So. Um, my dad was big into you know skating, uh, skating coaching, and skills when I was younger. Uh, I probably didn't play on a on a season team till I was probably about seven or eight years old. Um, yeah, so yeah, so I played boys hockey for New Jersey Avalanche um, since until I was about fifteen years old, um, going into my freshman year at uh, freshman year of high school. Um, I once uh, then Pee Wee's were able to check, you know, and I was a small defenseman, and my dad. Uh, you know, was uh, a little nervous. Um, so I played a year with the New Jersey Colonials, a girls club team. And then going into my sophomore year, you know, we, we are kind of at the point where, you know, I wanted to be challenged more. I wanted more ice time in terms of development. And I just wasn't getting that at home. And, um, you know, I was, my poor dad was driving to New Jersey, you know, uh, over four days a week for all three of my siblings that played out there. So it just became a lot for me as a high school student, you know, to really um, to focus on academically, you know, I was eating dinner in the car, doing homework in the car, you know, I wouldn't get back home till late. So it was, it was a lot for me to fit into a normal day and also be a high school kid. Um, so we began to kind of look at options in terms of going to a boarding school, you know, a prep school to 
not just get what I needed uh, athletically, but also just kind of the whole all-inclusive package. Um, you know, I wanted to be challenged, you know, with teammates and in games. Um, so I, we visited a couple of different schools to find the right fit. So, um, so let me ask you one question, Tony, before you get to how you ended up at Naha, because I can I know where this is going. Um, what made you such a good hockey player before you, uh, you know, decided to go to a hockey academy? What, what, what made you so good? Was it, you, were you naturally like competitive? Was it you wanted to keep up with your brothers? Was it you just had some great coaching? What was it that made you such a good hockey player up to that point? Yeah, I mean, my, my family is definitely a sports family. My mom played, my mom was an athlete. My dad was a big time athlete, you know, and not, not professionally or anything, but they just played every sport, you know, and myself as a young girl, like I, I played multiple sports, you know, I played soccer, I played roller hockey, I played you know, obviously ice hockey and basketball. I was a big basketball player, softball, volleyball. I played it all. So I think being exposed to the sports at a young age and, you know, some athletic genes, um, you know, I think that definitely helped me. And, you know, I think that determination aspect of it too, I had, you know, where I saw my older brother Rocco actually won nationals in, in Alaska. So I saw him come home with a national championship medal. And I was like, oh, like, that's awesome. You know, I want to do that. So it was definitely my peers surrounded by me, whether it was my parents, my siblings, and my coaches. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a skating coach. You know, I played for Shelly Looney, who was a, you know, gold medalist. Previous guest uh, on the podcast at Lyndon Wood now, now Lyndon head Wood. coach. Yeah. yeah. She was my coach at New Jersey Colonials when I really started to take hockey more serious. And, you know, I, I had a role model like her that, you know, was coaching me. And, I, you know, I wanted to do that, you know. So, I was definitely lucky and, you know, uh, grateful to be surrounded by great coaching staff, um, you know, and then in the environment where I was constantly challenged, you know, and whether we were even playing catch or, or kickball in the, back, in the backyard, you know, I was constantly surrounded by that. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did you end up now at Naha? How did you choose uh, which, which hockey academy to go to once you wanted to go full-time, you know, yeah. dedicating yeah. yourself to, to hockey? Yeah. So yeah, right around my freshman, going to my freshman year of high school, I knew I wanted to like give hockey my all. I wanted to play in college. I wanted to, you know, make the national team one day. I wanted to get to that level. And, um, you know, I, I felt that, you know, Naha was the place for me. Um, you know, I love playing other sports, but I didn't, I didn't want to shorten my hockey season, you know, by only playing like for a couple of months and, um, or different, you know, programs. Um, you know, I was, I was all in, I wanted that all included program. I wanted to be able to work out, to be on the ice, to be in the classroom, to travel, you know, all included. So I decided to go to Naha my sophomore year. Uh, I went for three years. Um, and and at the time it was, it was located still in Vermont, correct? It was. Yeah. yeah. So actually my first year it was located in Jay Peak, uh, Vermont, just for one year, Naha was there for I and used then, to ski there as a kid. Uh, yeah, no, it was no well. great. Once, uh, it was right when that resort opened up, actually, um, Jay Peak. So, and then, yeah, my junior and senior year were back in Stowe, Vermont. Um, you know, I, it honestly, it opened me up to women's hockey, too, because I didn't really experience a lot of it prior to Naha. And now I was playing with girls from all over the country. You know, I, I had teammates from Alaska. I never met anyone from Alaska. as this little girl from the Bronx. So, it, um, it was amazing to not only play the co best competition, whether it's U.S. or Canada teams, but to be able to practice with the players that we had that were, you know, better than me, just as good, were, you know, to have that competitiveness every day in practices, you know, I think truly developed me and, you know, really gave me that grit. And then when it came to the games, like, that was, like, the fun part for us, um, you know, so... 
so yeah, that's kind of how that happened. Um, you know, so I, we're going to deep dive on Naha in, in a few minutes when we get back to your to, yeah. to you now returning okay. to Naha later on as the director. But let's talk about now how you ended up going to Boston College from Naha and, and what that recruiting process was, was like. Um, we had Katie Crowley recently on the uh, on the podcast, yeah. so you know we, we know we know a little bit about her recruiting process, and probably Courtney Kennedy played an important role in, in recruiting you. So yeah, 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 they're great, great females in the game, and awesome coaches, and. Uh, yeah, so I, um, when, I was, when I was at Naha, I was being recruited, um, you know, from a couple of different schools, nothing too crazy, but I, I really wanted to stay in the East Coast, and I, I knew that as a, you know, a city girl, that location of where I was going to college was very important to me because I wanted my family to be there, you know, and I, I wanted them to be able to drive up for a game or come up for a full weekend, you know, and, and affordable. Like, I... I didn't want to make them fly every weekend, you know, or they, they it wouldn't have come as much, you know. So I think definitely, you know, when you when you're talking to schools and you kind of narrow down your your long list to a short list, and you you know, I really you really got to think about you know pros and cons, and um, you know, every school these days are beautiful, and it's hard to pick between some of them, but you know, you really kind of have to go visit campus, you know, really meet the coaches, um, like fall in love with the school, you know, and then kind of like, you know, looking back at it now, I'm like, okay, like, what if I would have got hurt one year? Like, did I love BC for the school or was it just a hockey? So I think you kind of have to look at different, you know, avenues and, you know, where you best, um, you know, where you fit best. And, you know, I love Boston, uh, even though I'm from New York, I just love the city, the city environment. And, you know, Boston College was, it's a, it's a campus school, you know, so you're not kind of just out in the open in the city. So you kind of have best of both worlds where you have a great campus and you're also in the city. So yeah, and having, having just been to Boston a few weeks ago uh, for, for the Naha uh, Showcase, we, we, I went and toured four of the different schools in the area, and you can definitely see the differences between the campuses. You know, two of yeah. them right in the middle of the city, and then two of them having pretty large campuses with uh, yeah. a lot of green no, space. Exactly. They're, they're not. They're so different, and that's a really good point. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I really, you know, and then my U18 year, uh, Courtney Kennedy was the assistant coach for USA at the time. So I really kind of had a, I had a great connection with her early on before um, college. So I just felt at home, um, you know, and it was best four, four years of my life. So uh, I do I have one question about deciding to go to Boston College. Where did what role you would play on the team? Um, fit in your prioritization of factors to decide to go to BC? Like, did they say, oh yeah, first year, you're going to be on the power play, you're going to be on the penalty kill, you're going to get a huge amount of ice time? Or do they go, you're going to have to earn your ice yeah. time and we'll see where you end up when you get here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like a, you know, uh, top two defenseman, you know, like I, I definitely knew going into Boston College, you know, we had, I mean, it has a legacy of, you know, national team players, Olympians, like, you know, the 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 players is incredible, you know, that they make up. So, you know, I definitely went in there, like, ready to earn my spot, um, you know, in my four years were, and, you know, you came in as a freshman and you're just kind of new to everything, you know, and you really have to you know, first of all, you know, adapt. And I think, you know, myself going to a boarding school prior to college, I was very prepared in that way. And, you know, I, I was had experience managing my, you know, athletics and academics and then, you know, somewhat of social time. So, um, you know, you really kind of have to, you know, be able to balance that. And, but I mean, going into hockey wise, like, you know, I knew I had to earn my spot going into BC. And, you know, every year I felt that I, you know, accomplished more and more um, up to my senior year. 
Gotcha, gotcha. And and uh, for folks that don't don't know, you were an offensive defenseman, and uh, you put up a lot of points, especially in your final year, which was was pretty impressive. Um, I do have a question about one game that you played in. Uh, do you remember what you were doing on January thirteenth, twenty eighteen, against Northeastern? Was it at Northeastern? I believe so, and I believe you, you had a pretty good first period and a pretty good end to the game. You want to tell folks about that game? It's probably uh, pretty memorable for you. Um, yeah, I believe that's the game I had four goals in. Correct. Uh, if I can remember correctly. Um, yeah, no, that's it's always a great rivalry playing any Boston school, whether it's BU, obviously, and Northeastern. You know, it's a great program that you know the last few years were you know neck and neck with us. So. Yeah, I, I did. I believe I had three goals in the first period. Um, first three goals of the game, yeah. For, oh, there you go. And then I snagged the fourth probably later on in the game. Um, they Not weren't just later through. on in the game. It was <laughs> in the fourth period. Yeah, that is the correct. The overtime winner. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, those are those are moments moments like that that, you know, you remember for a lifetime, honestly, you know, and, uh, you know, that you look back at college and you're like, wow, like that game was awesome. Or like the bean pot, you know. So, um, yeah, I uh, – <laughs> yep, that's a good, uh, good, good uh, memory from the past. Yeah. So actually, related to that, um, maybe even prior to, to to BC, what was your favorite youth hockey memory up and up until before getting to Boston College? Oh, that's a great question. Um, my favorite youth hockey memory, it might have been uh, in New York. They had these uh, this event called the Empire State Games. I don't think they do it anymore, but it was basically like the districts, uh, like the districts of New York, like Adirondack district or, you know, New York city where he basically like competed like in a tournament. And I might've been like 10, 12 years old. And this is like girls of all like high school level. Like I was clearly the youngest kid on the team and definitely probably shouldn't have tried out. My dad just probably threw me into the mix. Um, you know, we were playing probably one of the, I think that Adirondack dish, uh, team and, um, long story short, I ended up sco scoring a goal in the game and, you know, we weren't winning. We were probably getting, you know, getting crushed, but I was like 10 years old against like these high school, high school players at the time. And I remember just jamming the puck in the net. It was just kind of the biggest smile on my face and like kind of a, another point in my life where I was like, you know, this is awesome. Like I want to, I want to be the best I can in hockey and really kind of go forward and dedicate, you know, myself to this sport. Um, so yeah, a small little memory, but it was just kind of, uh, you know, small fish in a big pond there. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Well, once again, showing that you're a pretty offensive uh, player, even even when you were 10 years old. Um, now, switching back to, to Boston College, what, what's the, the, the Boston College culture like? Because it's pretty unique from what I understand. Um, some, it's, some people it's a great fit for, and other folks maybe not as great a fit just based on, you know, the type of community that uh, Boston College is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, BC community for me, like, you know, I loved it because, uh, like, all the athletes were, you know, had a pretty close, you know, um, like, network in a way. Like, we were great friends with the lacrosse team or, you know, was it baseball or football? Like, we were, we knew what was going on with other sports, you know, and it's like, BC is like us, you think it's such a big school, but like, it's really not, you know, and, you know, we would go to soccer games or lacrosse games, you know, lacrosse final four, we've been, I've been there three times and, you know, so you really, what I loved about it is like other athletes cared how the hockey team was doing, you know, and we cared about the lacrosse and other sports. And, you know, we're at some schools, it's, it's so big where you don't really know what's going on in soccer or field hockey, you know, and BC does a phenomenal job, you know, supporting the athletes and, you know, really like kind of like 
eagle to eagle, you know, and I think like the BC, like the network for me was, you know, huge post, you know, after I graduated, um, you know, the BC network in general is, you know, phenomenal. Like I have kids that skate with me during the summer that their moms are, you know, former BC women's hockey players, you know, so it's, and, you know, obviously being in this Boston area still, it definitely helps that, but, um, you know, I love my four years at BC and I, you know, would highly recommend for the right fit for you, but, you know, every, every school has its different pieces to it. But um, what I like, you know, like I said, it was I loved how close our community was, you know, and, um, and we had friends outside of sports, you know, and they would come to our games and support us. So, um, yep, if I could, I would go back for a fifth year. I wish I would uh, <laughs> fast forward. So you, you didn't go back for a fifth year. Instead, you graduated. And uh, tell us about playing uh, for the Boston Pride and then kind of what you were doing uh, just immediately upon graduation before we get into Naha. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so the, once I graduated from BC, you know, I wasn't done playing yet. You know, I had a, obviously, you know, a, a my senior year was probably my best out of four years uh, hockey wise. And, you know, I wanted to keep playing. Like I love the sport, you know, and I wanted to kind of stick with it and see kind of what happens. Um, so I played for the Boston Pride and, you know, we had probably about seven other BC alums on the team as well. So, you know, for us, it was, it was fun to go to practice. It was fun to play games with each other again. Like it was a, you know, a hangout in a way. Um, and, uh, and I also coached at BBNN. Um, down over at uh, prep school here in Cambridge. Yeah, BBN um, is a uh, Brown and Nichols school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I actually also started my own company called Eagles Elite Sports. Um, and I just started doing skills, private lessons um, throughout the winter. And to be honest, I didn't know where it was going to take off. Um, I did one, um, a good friend of mine, Kenzie Kent, who played hockey and lacrosse at BC, we did one hockey lacrosse crossover camp down in Hingham and that's where the South Shore. And we're, we still do it till this day. This is our fourth year running with it. So I really, I've really also grown Eagles Elite as well the past four years. And basically now it's, um, you know, it's a, it's top notch um, spring and summer training programs. You know, so that's I'm awesome. in the middle of my, my eight week summer program um, here in Wellesley with, you know, basically all uh, girls, local girls. So where they play on different club teams and they come skate with me for, you know, twice a week for eight weeks. Um, you know, so I really, really spend a lot of time on that too in my spring and summer. Um, and That's then, nice. yeah. So, um, so bef before we, you know, move on to, you know, your current role, a couple of quick <laughs> questions for you. One, um, looking back on your actually hockey playing career, what would you do differently? Um. Huh, You've funny. had a lot of success, but maybe there's I some know, things right? that maybe you should have made a left turn instead of a right turn. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for for me personally, um, I I feel like I peaked my senior year in college. Um, you know, like as a player, um, you know, and I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure I could think of a why. You know, just a little fire under my butt, but. You know, like you, I feel like I would have looked at it where like almost like a time capsule in a way where like, you know, you have four years, you know, and like, I feel like maybe I could have given more in the gym or, you know, on ice or off ice my freshman, sophomore year, you know, maybe that would have, you know, let me progress quicker, you know, but I mean, you know, everyone learns and everyone has their own different curves and, you know, their learning experiences, but um you know, but again, like I'm happy where I was, you know, I'm happy <laughs> I out on top and, uh, you know, and my senior year, we actually lost three Olympian defensemen because um, that was the Olympic yep. year. So, yep. you know, I think that also was like 
okay, like, you know, we got to step up, you know, because losing obviously not just one defenseman, but three, yep. you know, I, we were, we were scrapping it. You know, we were putting, I think forwards were playing D at some, some games, you know? So, um, you know, I don't, I don't regret anything in the past, but, you know, maybe I could have, you know, I don't know, took it a notch up my freshman, sophomore year, but, you know, I also was playing on a team when we had nine national team players, you know, so I was probably intimidated by that a little bit. Um, so I was, you know, somewhat uh, like comfortable, I guess. Yeah. Well, that, that says something that, uh, you know, giving your answer and Katie Crowley, when I asked her the same question, said she wouldn't change a thing. So there's something yeah. about BC, which gets the most out of yeah. its players, apparently, because uh, not a lot <laughs> that you look back and regret upon, right? So Yeah, no, I definitely don't regret anything. Great. Um, so my, my other question is, uh, this past summer, you were one of the coaches at the U15s camp for USA Hockey. I was just wondering, how did, how did that uh, come about, and what was your experience like? And I have one follow-up question once, once I get that one, too. Yeah, for sure. So I actually, yeah, so I, it was my first year working, like, actually working the event. Um, I was an U15 intern last summer, but obviously with the camps canceled, they did a virtual program. It was just really our intern group. So, yeah, I was, I was excited to be out there this past year in Minnesota. Um, I, you know, I have flashbacks to when I was there as a kid, um, you know, on the same campus, you know, somewhat of the same routine. Um, but, you know, from a coaching standpoint now, uh, you know, it was an amazing experience to be able to work aside some of the best coaches in the world, you know, in the country. Um, so, you know, to have a head coach that you can really kind of pick his brain all day, you know, and my head coach was Tony of course. Uh, from Clarkson, Clarkson, Tony Massey. Yeah, so it was awesome for him to kind of pick his brain, kind of hear, like, the way he does things or the way he recruits and, like, kind of, like, different perspectives on it and obviously just knowledge in general. Um, you know, as a young coach going through it, like, it's, you know, networking is a lot of things and having, being able to have conversations with other coaches and just kind of, you know, talk shop in a way. Um, you know, I learn a ton from other coaches and, you know, for me, like, I'm the highest, you know, role in my, in my program right now. So, you know, like I tell myself, I remind myself, like, I need to keep learning. Um, and, you know, there's no one really above me to learn from. So it's, you know, it's great for me to be able to get out to those events and, you know, to meet more people and to network with coaches and pick their brain because, you know, I'm writing things down, you know, and I'm picking up kind of things that they say, or I observe, you know, when we're on the ice, things like that. So, uh, amazing experience overall, you know, it was great to be on the bench behind those girls that are, you know, the future of this the sport, you know, and um, so it was great to kind of be able to make a difference for them on the ice and on the bench. And, and your um, team Royal uh, won, I believe, their, their, they their little uh, division. division. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we had a great group of kids and they were from all over the country, you know, and yeah. I, that, and that going back out, I was like, that was the best, you know, some of the best memories was like having friends from the Caesars or you know, California or, you know, from all over the place. That, and then you see them throughout the season, you know, and yeah. I'm sure I'll see some of those kids, you know, on the wrong side of the team this season. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's awesome to kind of have – and that's, that's all about, about hockey, you know, building those networks as a player and a coach. Yeah, so let me, let me one follow-up question because I did have a lot of parents uh, come talk to me after the the, the 15s camp, um, and uh, the questions that they had usually evolved around the feedback given to the girls. So I was just wondering what kind of feed, like what was the process that you used to give feedback to the girls? Because um, I heard a wide range of uh, yeah. opinions about that process. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you have play, you know, a team of about maybe 20 players or so, and you know, they're not all gonna be the same kids. You know, and as a coach, it's, you know, one of the biggest things is you have to realize 
is uh, every kid is different, you know, and every they're a different kid, different player on ice, off ice. So for us, you know, we get to see them for about, you know, five, six days or so. And then you're giving them, you know, an exiting, you know, an exiting meeting, you know, and, you know, you're, it's, it's a very short period of time to kind of figure out a kid completely, you know. So we, we really, as a coach, like I kind of like to attack it in a way of, you know, what, what do they think how they did or what, what do you think their strengths are? What do they think their, you know, areas of improvements are? You know, how did their week go? What are some things you learned? And I think you can kind of gauge like, you know, okay, is she right? Is she spot on? Are we a little bit off? You know, is she, you know, open-minded, you know, or coachable, like things kind of like that. Um, and then, you know, like feedback wise, like you can, you know, we can kind of get a good read on some, some kids and, you know, you just want to, you just want to let them leave camp on a high note and to be really determined and committed to their development uh, at the end of the day. And, you know, they're going to go back to their home state or, you know, local coach or skills coach and say like, Hey, like coach Tony, I got to get better. Like that camp was awesome, you know, but I want to be better, you know, and I want to develop and I want to make that USA team in a couple in a year or two. So that, that's really like the goal is like, we're, we're there as mentors and support coaches, but also like, you know, give good feedback, like tell them they need to, you know, work on, you know, stick handling more or, you know, like watch hockey, you know, watch film, you know, like learn the game, you know, things like that. So, um, but again, I think it's knowing your audience, you know, and kind of like certain kids. Perfect. Okay. That, that, that actually consistent with at least the framework that I've heard from all the different parents <laughs> of what, what the feedback Everything. is. So that, that, that at least, uh, you know, gives directionally, you know, um, you know, here, here's what, what coaches are thinking when they're giving the feedback to the kids. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and, and for folks who are listening, I did write up some of my, uh, thoughts on, on the 15s camp, uh, on the champs app website. So you can check out, uh, mm -hmm. that, that blog that I wrote about, uh, what, what it's like from the USA hockey perspective. All right, Tony, let's move on to Naha. All right. So you went to school there as, as a student and as an athlete. Now you ended up back at Naha. So why don't you just start with just the history of the, the academy um, and then, you know, your role in, in, you know, taking over the leadership of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's, uh, so Naha first started uh, in 1999, actually. So we're, we're just very along the way here. Uh, lots of history, lots of, you know, amazing players that went through this program and, uh, you know, Bill and Jesse Driscoll were the original owners, dad and son business back in Stowe, Vermont. Um, you know, it was Bill's baby and he started it from nothing um, and, you know, really, you know, kind of created the game of women's hockey and, you know, really developed that as a early ages. Um, you know, and then I, as an, uh, after my four years at Naha, I was always connected to the program. You know, I was a proud alum. Um, you know, I say if it wasn't for Naha, I wouldn't have been at Boston College. Um, I would help them at their summer camps in the, you know, in, uh, when I was in school, you know, so I was always connected and they would come to Boston, I'd go to a game, you know, and, um, you know, so I, I was really close to Bill and I, you know, I love the program. It was obviously a huge part of my life and, you know, I wanted to stay connected to it. Um, but I guess like history overall, yeah, so in 1999, the program started in Stowe. Uh, they play in the Junior Women's Hockey League, um, Bill and Kusha do at Washington Pride are the founders. Um, and it's, a it's an all girls hockey academy, uh, a U16 team called the red and U19 team called the white team. And we do, basically, do you also have a prospects team. Is that, is that, is that a third team that you also have? Yeah, so we do have a prospect team usually in the U14 division. Um, they'll do a couple of maybe, uh, tournaments, you know, or, you know, we'll invite kids out for in the summer. You know, we've gone to a lot that we go to 
uh, OS Prospect weekends where we'll bring kids out to. So, um, yeah, so it's basically in terms of the academy, we dorm about 40 students. Um, they all dorm on site. And um, the program runs from October to mid-March. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that. So <laughs> tell us the thinking yeah. behind it, how that works, why um, that's the design as opposed to traditional prep schools where you just start in late August, early September, and you run all the way through to June. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been the model since the start. You know, I think way back they tried, they did a full season, full year program that was optional. And some girls did it, some girls didn't. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's the model, you know, Naha has always, you know, have, has done in the past and we continue to do here now, you know, in, in Massachusetts. So, so I moved the program to Wellesley once I took it over uh, in 2019. So we're going on to year three here. But, um, and why did you move the program? Um, yeah, we're, we're going to jump all over here. So I want to confuse anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to talk about. I know. Um, yeah. so yeah, so I, I mean, as I was fresh out of college, I started my company Eagles Elite that was taking off and, you know, I was only about 22, 23. I, I didn't want to move to Vermont for five months and kind of give up my Boston life with all our BC girls here. So I told Bill, I was like, Bill, the only way I'll take it over is that I bring it to Boston basically. Um, and you know, so I have a partner here that owns a couple of facilities in the Boston area um, that we kind of, you know, went forward with it. And I acquired and this the This is a non-trivial effort. Not only did you have to find the, the hockey <laughs> facilities, you had to find living quarters, you had to set up yeah, the whole academic side. I mean, this is a huge operational undertaking, moving the academy from, from Vermont to, to yep. Wellesley, Massachusetts. So this yep. is a non-trivial effort. And on top of that, you also want to, you know, be the head coach for at least one of the teams, if not also Correct. organizing the other team. That's a, that's yeah. a huge undertaking. Yeah. So it was a, it was a huge project for sure. You know, and I, and that kind of has to do, you know, I went to school for entrepreneurship. So I was in, you know, I started my own company. So I had experience two years there, you know, so yeah, I mean, it, there's no question, there's no doubt about it. It was a huge project and, you know, it's amazing to look where we are now and the program, the direction it's going in. Um, so yeah, so we, we moved it very quickly. The first year happened very, very fast. Um, and, um, and here we are. So I think the, the move, I, you know, I think Naha at the time, you know, before I took it over, you know, it needed uh, a facelift in a way. And, you know, like, um, obviously Bill did amazing to the program and, you know, and uh, it, just, it needed more. Oop. Hey, Tony, can you hear me? Ability, um, hey, Tony, Tony. Yeah, I lost you for about 30 seconds. So you, oh, geez. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I lost you for about 30 seconds right around when you said it needed a facelift, so. Yeah, okay. yeah, so I'll just restart why I moved it, basically. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so back in, like, 2018, 2019, uh, when I decided to, you know, take the program over, you know, I, I, I told Bill, it's like, the only way I'll take it over is if we move it to Boston. Uh, I wanted to bring it local. And I also think, it, you know, the Naha was was due for a change, um, you know, facility-wise. Um, you know, we have a brand-new facility here in Wellesley. Um, you know, dorm-wise, we dorm our students in Ashland, Massachusetts, about 15, 20 minutes from our rink. Um, Talk a little bit about the uh, about where you guys live, because uh, I drove by there when we were in town for, for the event, and, and it's pretty impressive. It was not what I was expecting. I think I even told you that <laughs> when I saw you. Um, maybe describe what it is, because it's, it's, it's um, you know, out there in the woods, basically. Yeah, I mean, it is a good thing. Keep the kids out of trouble. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah, we, we dorm the girls in Ashland. Uh, we basically rent out a whole facility throughout the winter um, where they have four separate dorm buildings. They have a, a dining hall. They have, there's a whole conference house where it was our whole schooling. Um, and then there is also a small inn on campus where our families can stay actually when they come in to visit or if we play local. Um, so it's a, it's a beautiful small campus. What I love about it is they're not, you know, the kids aren't cooped up in the building all day, you know, and it goes back into our model of, you know, a pre-college, you know, experience and to prepare our girls for college where, you know, they have to leave their dorm, go to their dining hall or go make it to class on time. You know, so it, it's um, it's a little community that we have throughout the whole winter. And, um, and it's know, also it, on a reservoir and there's a huge amount yeah, of green space with uh, like yeah, you know, the soccer like field, Vermont. baseball field. Kind of, so. Like my first impression was like, wow, I feel like I'm in Vermont. Yeah, <laughs> so it yeah. kind of felt right. Um, you know, so they've been awesome hosting us and, you know, we love it there. So um yeah looking forward forward to year three there um, gotcha. and, and what's a typical day like for for the, the players mm -hmm. yeah so the girls wake up we actually uh, are on the ice and we train in the morning so we'll head to the rink around seven o'clock seven thirty um the 19th team will be on the ice for about an hour and a half um the u16 team will be in the gym uh we have trainers and athletic trainers at, at our facility um, and then they'll flip. So once, so then the, uh, they'll flip. 19s will be in the gym second, and then we basically head back to Naha right around you know 11:30 noon. Um, the rest of our day, they're on campus. The girls will have lunch, you know, a display put out for them for lunch, and then you know they'll race to the showers and do their thing to uh, regroup before school. Um, the school day starts at just about one o'clock, and it's a seven 40-minute period day. Um, and it goes to about six o'clock, 6.30 at night. Um, the girls will have dinner right after um, school, um, right on site again. And then that's kind of the organized day is wrapped up right after dinner. Um, and let's talk know, about we'll the academics then. So um, at the very basic level, from what I understand is the girls go to their regular school, wherever they're from, or whether it's, or it could be online, you know, in August, September and August and September, then they, they start a, um, the academic program with you guys, October 1st through, through March 1st, and then they go back to whatever program that they had prior to it. Talk about how that works in between the, the you know, yeah. the, the Oreo yeah. cookie piece of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like, like like we said earlier, it's a five month, just about program. So the girls, like you said, like you just mentioned, is they start at their homeschool. So majority of our girls go to a public school or a private Catholic or, uh, yeah, that's probably majority. So they'll start there and whether it's August or September, um, I have an academic director, Nelson, that's on our full-time staff here. And he really runs our whole school. Um, you know, he's he started when I started. So we're really, you know, through and through. Um, and uh, so in that process where before they come to Naha, Nelson basically collects their courses that they're taking, whether it's semester one course or semester two courses. And he basically puts everything, you know, on a mass schedule and, and uh, builds a school schedule. Um, so when the girls come to us, they have their, you know, their daily schedule and um, goes from there. So he, like I said, so all their, they're taking the same courses that they are taking at their public school and at home. And when they, they enroll in Naha in October, they continue those same courses. They follow those curriculums um, from home. And that's kind of what drives our classes. So Nelson will take, look at, you know, his big spreadsheet and say, okay, you know, we have three girls taking Spanish too, you know, so they'll be in a class together. Um, he hires about 16 to 20 teachers um, every year 
So every class is, you know, face-to-face. -face. Um, the teacher is driving the class. Um, there is no online school unless if that was the player's choice prior to Naha, and we support that, and we'll probably use our teachers more so as a tutor. Um, so we're flexible in that way. Um, but basically, every every class is custom to what the student is taking. And when they enroll in Naha, um, they, you know, obviously they get, you know, tests, report cards, transcripts, you know, all that when they're with us. And then we fast forward till March, they basically, you know, it's always right around the end of their third quarter end. So we'll give them eggs and report cards as they transition and re-enroll back into their public school at home. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell, I guess, uh, the overview of it. Um, it's, you know, we're flexible in terms, in terms of, you know, cooperating and working with their, their school at home. Yeah. Um, we have girls that actually stay enrolled the whole time, you know, so it's really case to case uh, is different. And, and um, this really makes Naha unique is this, this academic uh, way and, and, and the five months. So um, who does this appeal to and who does this not appeal to? Like who, who, who is really successful at Naha because of this type of schedule and, and who maybe this isn't the right fit for you? Yeah, no, for sure. It's, there's no doubt about it. It definitely is a very unique program and you know, it's not for everyone. Um, and, you know, but it's, it's for that right kid. It's, you know, it's an all-inclusive program and everything they really need. So um, who appeals to us? Um, we have, you know, players that live in, you know, areas where they don't have resources or, you know, like myself, you know, when I was growing up in the Bronx and playing, you know, in Jersey, um, where, you know, I was drawn to Naha because it was all included, all under one roof. Um, you know, from an academic standpoint, I was a very, you know, independent and efficient um, student, you know, where I didn't want to sit in a class of 30 kids and wait for that, you know, the weakest kid in the class to understand the subject or the material before we could move on. You know, I wanted to get in, do my business, understand it and move on to the next, you know, so in our independent, independent, uh, you know, learner, student, uh, yeah. like moving so at fast our, pace is kind of, that's a big appeal. So for in our, yeah. And I mean, both ways, like in our academic model, we have students that are, you know, going Ivy League, you know, the past two years and we have one rising senior going to Yale, you know, so for those students that are, you know, very independent and very, you know, like can really just drive the, drive the car. Like this is awesome because they're put in such a small class of, you know, no more than four kids in our class uh, is our class size. So they really can just hit the ground running. You know, they get it, they're on to the next, you know. But then also we have kids that are opposites, you know, that need more time or, you know, have 504s, you know, where they're working in a one-to-one -one or a one-on-one -on -one or a one-to-two where, you know, math might not be their best subject, you know. So they, the teacher kind of hits the brakes, you know, and really focuses and works with this kid independently you know, um, individually to like understand the material and then, you know, not move on and, until she really gets it and understands it. So it really works both ways for kids that, you know, are un unreal students, four O's, but then also girls that need more time, you know, need that individual, uh, you know, interaction. Um, you know, and then for those who may not be interested as much is like, you know, we're, we're a 40 girl school, you know, we're a 40 girl private school in mass in a very small community where, you know, we, um, we don't have extracurricular clubs and, you know, other, you know, things that we can offer. So there, there are students that love New England prep schools because they get that full school atmosphere environment and, you know, they want to talk to other, you know, non-athletes, whatever their reasoning is that like, 
I, you know, we don't offer that, you know, and, you know, we're not going to pretend like we do. Um, you know, we're very straightforward into what we offer and uh, how we support all of our girls. So um, for someone who wants that full experience, three sport, you know, a school, um, we don't offer it. You know, I don't want to entertain kids in the fall and I don't want to entertain them in the spring after, you know, the nationals. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we're going to get to nationals in a second because I do have a question about that, but let's, let's just get to the staff because you have a pretty impressive staff, right? So you have Katie Burt, who's, uh, so all of them are, you know, uh, former college uh, players and Katie Burt was a goalie coach who played uh, college hockey, Amanda Pelkey, former gold medalist, uh, McKenna Newkirk, uh, maybe talk about your staff, also strength and conditioning and power skating. You also have uh, coaches yeah. for that as well. So. Yeah, so we, we've been very, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to have a very solid staff the past two years. Um, you know, I came right out of the gate. Amanda Pelkey was our U16 head coach and Naha alum, you know, obviously a gold medalist. So for someone who, you know, understood the program, went through it, you know, like myself and her, we, we lived this program, you know, lived through it. So, and especially year one, the guy, you know, I took what worked and maybe what didn't work and reamped it into Naha 2.0, basically now in Wellesley. So um, yeah, I mean, and I think that's part of goes back to like why move the program to mass, you know, and I have a lot of, you know, connections here in the Boston area where former players, college, you know, collegiate players where they live here, you know, and so it's, a, it's way more convenient for me to hire a staff in this Boston area rather than, hey, come up to Vermont for five months, you know, and then what? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Katie Bird's been awesome. Uh, she was actually the same class as me in, at Boston College. Um, you know, she works at Stop It Goaltending now. So, you know, she has her hands tied and just playing, still playing now with the Boston Pride. Um, so, and then, yeah, McKenna Newkirk was my right hand. Um, she, she was with me since day one, works for Eagles Elite as well. And she just took the assistant coaching job at Brown University. So, excited. we're, you know, I'm happy for her in every, you know, in every aspect. But um, she was very special to our program and, um, you know, it was just very dedicated and committed, you know, and that's kind of something in our, in our world and even in coaching in general, where, you know, if your coaches are committed and dedicated, the team is going to be successful, you know, and, and just, you know, have a great experience. Um, you know, so, so yeah, we bringing on two, two new coaches this year. Uh, they, they both played at Northeastern. One is a Naha alum herself. You, you let Northeastern, uh, former Northeastern I players know, uh, join I know. The, the group? Going against the BC. Uh, <laughs> I had all Eagles in the past. And now I guess I'm making a pivot. <laughs> all right, all right. So yeah. um, when I first met you uh, a few weeks ago, the, the first thing that, one of the first things that I said to you is um, when I saw some of your Naha players play uh, at a couple of events before, right before the Naha showcase was, I could not believe the tenacity, the intensity, and the high level of skill um, that they were playing with. It was really noticeable. Every single Naha player had this certain um, style that was unmistakable on top of the, uh, the, the, the multicolored socks. So um, what was it, what is it about the program that uh, just makes that part of the DNA of how your players play? Yeah, well, I appreciate that uh, compliment there. But, you know, we, we, we have a really good group of kids. And I think, you know, that's part of how we recruit our kids, too, is, you know, not just like how you can play hockey, you know, because we're on the, we're, they're on the ice an hour and a half each day, you know, four to five games a weekend. You know, there's a lot of time off ice that they're together, you know, and they're bonding. So, you know, we definitely recruit off of character as well and just kind of how the girls carry themselves and how they are with teammates, you know, like, I, you know, I always ask, like, how is she a locker room kid, you know, and so 
I think the way we kind of, we handpick our kids, you know, that's kind of how our, um, you know, our recruiting is. We handpick, we, we bring them in for a visit. They see the whole program and more so we see them, we observe them, you know, and see if they're the right fit for us. Um, but, you know, they, we're, you know, I think that goes, goes into a, like a full season program. You know, there's not many full season programs here in New England. You know, I think that's, you know, why I like, you know, love Naha and have stayed connected is because, you know, I, I saw, you know, coach at BBN and I saw what it was like for a prep school program. And, you, you know, you get the kids for about two and a half months and, you know, you're probably just making like, leeway with them, you know, in mid season. And then they, you know, they go on to their split season team, you know. So for me, like, again, I went through Naha, so I understood, you know, what worked, what didn't work. But for as a program director and someone kind of starting from the bottom up again, I wanted to make sure I included everything that an elite athlete needs in order to prepare for college and playing in college, hopefully one day, you know, so, you know, for example, like skill development is huge, you know, and especially for our younger kids that, you know, just come into us and they're so raw, you know, and, you know, we do skills and power skating every Monday um, to start off our week. So, you know, we put the hockey stuff, the systems, all that aside, and, you know, we really focus on skill development. You know, goalies work with the goalie coach about two to three times a week. Um, you know, we have a power skating coach, Dina Taylor, who I work with all summer. Um, she's phenomenal with our girls. Um, and, you know, we really kind of get down to it. So, and we're, we're on the ice, you know, where our kids are training. You know, they have, we keep our practices, you know, high tempo at mini games, compete level. You know, we'll work on systems and things like that, you know, especially in midweek. Um, and, you know, especially more on the 19s because, you know, when these kids go to college, they're going to be working. They're going to have a million different systems, you know, and um, it's, you know, it's very, it's, I, I like to give them a jump start to it, you know, and to teach them how to play different D zones or different four checks. Um, so they have that experience that when they go on to the next level that they can have that jump start. Um, you know, so I, I think it has to do with a lot of different variables. You know, obviously my coaching staff has been phenomenal the past couple of years and, you know, that definitely helps just, uh, I think the way that we can connect to our girls and like as a program director, you know, I went through it, you know, I, I play, I played, you know, at some of the highest levels I played in college. I, you know, wore a USA Jersey for a bit, you know, so I know what happens, you know, as a elite player in that, you know, situation. And, um, you know, I've, I've had hurdles in my career and I, you know, overcome them or, you know, we won championships, you know, so I've kind of like, for me now, it's fun for me to be able to like make my full circle, but also, you know, give back to this sport and to this program and, to, you know, really mentor our kids and prepare them to what it's like in a woman's locker room at, in college, you know, how to balance that, um, you know, so it's been an absolute pleasure and, uh, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, how Naha continues to grow and, uh, you know, the future is bright here. So I, I, I can talk to you for another hour about uh, Naha uh, easily because I got so many more questions, but I got, I'm, I'm going to get it down to three. So first, um, I know you play in the JWHL and you avenged your loss against Balmoral Hall a few years ago to, to, to win the championship the, the year later. Um, and we can talk about JWHL in more detail, but let's talk about playing in nationals. Uh, what's the plan for playing in nationals? Because I believe this past year you did not play in nationals. Correct. So when Naha was in Vermont, uh, I don't, and again, I don't know the whole story because I wasn't there in Vermont, but they were basically were never, they were never able to be approved to go through the district, New England district at the time. Uh, now, what I can focus on is the present. Uh, Naha now in Massachusetts, it basically comes down to 
the majority of girls from the same state have to be Massachusetts players. So that's basically, again, how I have to build a roster. So we have a, we have a lot of girls from the Midwest, Wisconsin area, you know, Chicago. So it, last year, my 19s team was, you know, it, we were a very good team. I think fifth in the country we ended at, but I had, you know, for example, four Wisconsin girls and only two mass girls. So unfortunately the team was a national bound. Um, gotcha. You know, so this coming year, it's actually uh, for, first time in history, both 16s and U19 team will be national bound. So, okay. you know, we're, we're excited like that. It's a, uh, you know, check the box on my end here. And um basically it balance out the local mass girls versus, you know, majority from another state. So, um, yeah, so history is uh, to be made this year. So I'm excited. That's awesome. All right. So that, that all makes sense now. I didn't realize it actually yeah. had to do with the residents, uh, state of residence. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, second question. Uh, what makes Caroline Harvey such an amazing hockey player? So for folks who don't know, um, we were recording this right before women's, uh, World Championship is about to take place in Calgary, and she is the only player on the U.S. team who has not played a single game of college hockey, going straight from Naha to the U.S. national team. What makes her such a special player? Yeah, no, that's a great question, and uh, you know, I've seen a lot of hockey, and I've had a lot, a lot of teammates in my, you know, in my career, and you know, coach a decent amount of kids now. So, you know, Caroline Harvey was our. She attended Naha for the first year this past season. Um, before that, she was at um, Selects Academy. And, you know, she, I remember prior to our season this year, she would, you know, text me and email me like, hey, coach, like, you know, I want to, I want to like bond with our team. I want to get to know more girls. I want to, you know, she's all in, you know, and that's what I love about her. You know, she, uh, we call our shooting room at Naha Harvey's, uh, Harvey's room. Yeah. Cause she, they, we had a shooting room this past year for the girls to shoot at night or during the day, you know, and she would run a little boot camp. So it's just, uh, she's just an amazing kid, you know, obviously an amazing player on ice, but, you know, even a better kid off ice. And I think that really makes, you know, her, her, um, you know, she even bonded with our U16 players, you know, and really, you know, of course they're like, oh my God, like Harvey talked to me today. Like, <laughs> you know, like they're, you know, obviously look up to her in so many ways, but you know, she is a locker room kid, you know, she's a great, brings up the, the intensity in the locker room on the ice, you know, and she holds herself accountable, I think, and that, you know, and that's a lot of the times where, you know, if she's off a game, like she, you know, she picks up slack. So, um, you know, I hate to see her go this year, but obviously, you know, so ecstatic for her and to get a shot, you know, at residency and, you know, shot for this Olympic team. So, you know, on ice, you know, she's honestly probably one of the most dominant players, you know, as a defenseman I've played with or watched play. Um, you know, every, every time she's on that ice, you know, you notice her and she, she has the puck, you know, and she controls the play of the game as a quarterback. And, you know, she's an offensive defenseman as well, you know, and that's probably one of the biggest things we worked on this past season is, you know, she would rush the puck, but, like, what do we do when we cross that red line, you know, or even that blue line, you know, as a defenseman, like, you know, I'm sure it's natural for, for defensemen to yeah, know exactly what to do. Yeah. Natural and they're not as comfortable, like rushing the puck and doing a zone entry, you know. So, you know, there are there practices where she practiced with our forwards just to get comfortable with that and to work on work on a skill. You know, even though she's one of the best players in high school level, she had something to work on, you know, and she knew that, you know, and she she constantly wants to improve and constantly wants to be better. So, um, you know, she's going to be playing hockey for a long time, I can see. And, uh, 
you know, she gives back to our program already and she's, you know, just not even a year out. So, uh, I'm excited. Unfortunately, she won't be at Boston college. She's going to be at Wisconsin when she does finish with the, uh, the national program, but uh. yeah, so that's okay. I've had some good friends of mine at Wisconsin. She's in great hands there. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited to watch her and continue to watch her grow as a, as a player in person. Gotcha. Okay. Last Naha question. Uh, related to the actual school. So uh, can you explain to me what the first year cake eating contest is all about? Um, someone told me that, uh, that that's a question I should be asking you. Oh boy, you really dug deep on that one. <laughs> um, so we have, so what I, what I best, some of the best things about Naha is there's so much tradition in the program, you know, like obviously players and, you know, championship and, you know, all the hockey. Yeah. But there's also, a, you know, a ton of tradition like golf ice and, you know, that kind of been passed down, you know. Here there's like some Christmas ice yeah. skits. There's a talent show. So we do, uh, yeah, you, things, you yeah. did for homework. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, so there's a million traditions like that. And so the cake eating, so the last week of Naha is basically like, you know, senior weekend where we do a full on banquet. We do a parents versus senior and staff, like parents, staff for a senior game, um, you know, we'll do, uh, we'll give out class gifts, you know, so one of the kids events is a cake eating contest and the seniors make all the cakes. <laughs> so I, I don't know what's in them. I don't have the secret recipe, but I'm sure you don't want to be volunteering yourself to eat any cake unless you're a senior. <laughs> Theirs was always the best fun Fetty. Um, but, uh, you know, it just shows like the culture of our program. And, you know, we had like a t-shirt trade night, you know, they do, or, you know, they get very creative, you know, with a talent show and uh, your Christmas on ice, they do skits and they're very creative and they don't have many resources. You know, we don't take them to the store to get stuff. Like it's all handmade, like homemade stuff, you know. So, it, you know, it just kind of shows that, you know, in our program, it's, you know, it's a sisterhood. You know, they, they, they're obviously together a lot and um, they travel and on the road and the long bus rides on the on planes. So it just goes into kind of our culture and, you know, the really they get to know each other and, um, you know, right out of, I think my first year out after my first year of Naha, we would do a reunion every summer, you know, and like I was going to Florida with the seniors and, you know, so it's it just, you know, and I obviously I have alums that work for me now, you know, so it is, um, you know, we have some, there's, there's Naha alums everywhere, I guess to say. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, Let's uh, wrap up Naha and talk about now you guys uh, put on a showcase a few weeks ago. Uh, you also had a goalie showcase, I believe, earlier in, in the summer. And you have a tournament, your Labor Day tournament, which is not in Wellesley. It is uh, still back in Vermont. So maybe just talk about the events that you put on uh, and why you still uh, hold the, the Labor Day tournament in Vermont. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so our, we just had our college showcase, which is an annual event. Um, last year we did it but it was in connecticut and it was a COVID year so it was a little smaller scale and we had a handful of division three coaches in attendance there um so this was our first year my first year like running it at i guess full capacity you know and um you know it was an awesome weekend you know we had 10 teams we had a futures division of you know 24s and 25s we had four teams of them and then we had six teams of 23s and 22s um we had about 25 Division One and Division Three coaches total that worked the event. So they run up, they run a practice Friday morning with two teams on the ice, and then they coach, you know, the, the games throughout the weekend. Every team gets a practice in a four-game weekend. So, um, you know, we also had we we partnered with Torch Pro, which is basically up and coming um, marketing, you know, 
marketing company for uh, professional athletes. Uh, we had, they brought in Megan Keller, good friend of mine Former from BBC and uh, Olympian that she talked to the girls about, you know, her, her journey, her experience, and, you know, basically had some questions and answers as well. It was great to hear the girls kind of interact with her and pick her brain. Um, and then on Saturday, we did a NCAA co uh, college coaches seminar. So I believe we had five coaches on a panel and uh, basically talked about, you know, the college recruiting process, um, you know, things that players can, you know, do on their side. Um, you know, we talked about some Ivy Leagues and kind of how their process is different from, a, you know, traditional Division One school. And then we also had a NESCAC school to hear from and a non, and a, you know, non-NESCAC Division Three school. So, you know, our, as a, you know, running that, running the event, like my, my goal is to, again, offer everything I can in this one weekend and kind of get it all in there for these girls to, you know, maximize their time, you know, and, um, but also to, to educate them in the end, you know, and like I talked to the coaches that, you know, they did like in the practice was a lot of skills work, you know, to kind of introduce them to skills and, you know, concepts in game concepts. And then, you know, the games are always competitive and, you know, and uh, they get great feedback from the college coaches on the bench and they can, you know, and kind of have that interaction. And, you know, I think from a, from a player perspective too, it's like the coaches are coaches, you know, they're not just like, Oh my gosh, like I can't talk to her. She's the head coach, you know? So it's like the coaches want to coach, you know, and I think for the girls, like they're intimidated by that in ways and, you know, they get more comfortable as the weekend goes on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, an, it was an awesome event. You know, we had great, uh, great turnout from players, great turnout from college coaches. You know, we probably had uh, an additional 30 coaches that came throughout the weekend to recruit. At least. Yeah, at least. Uh, yeah, so and I think that helps our location, you know, and not just Naha, the academy with the visibility here in New England, but also our, you know, event sake, you know, and being right in this area where there's, you know, it's in the mecca of a lot of universities, Division One, Division Three, you know, so it's super convenient for coaches. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to continue that year to year. Um, this, uh, we have done a goalie showcase as well, which is pretty, just, a, you know, a lot of goalie sessions. Um, and uh, we bring in coaches for that as well. And they kind of get that, you know, goalie instruction. Um, and, and then, then for Labor yeah. Day, uh, you're, you're, you're back in Vermont in both Stowe yeah. and Burlington, correct? Correct. So our Labor Day tournament is, I believe, this year is the 21st um, annual, you know, Labor Day tournament. You know, it's I, I'm pretty confident to say it's the longest longest standing um, tournament, probably alongside with Stony Creek. Um, hopefully, we, you know that reamp for next year. But um, yeah, Labor Day, it's a, it's a beautiful. I mean, it is in Vermont, so why isn't it in Wellesley? Um, you know, it, it Vermont's just a staple of the the tournament. You know, and uh, there's a you don't feel like you're at a hockey tournament when you know you can kind of Vermont's beautiful there in the fall. Coaches love it. You know, the teams love it. You know, a lot of team bonding events you can do throughout the weekend. So different location. But, yeah, the 16s and 19s are held in Burlington. Um, and then the 14s division is held in Stowe or Waterbury. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So we've we got to start wrapping this up. Like I said, I can keep going on for another hour with you. But uh, I just got a few questions about the recruiting process. Um, uh, what is – your role in communicating with coaches uh, about your players when they're, you know, being recruited, both before and after uh, coaches are actually allowed to talk to players uh, themselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess in terms of my roles in my program as, you know, I'm an advisor for all of our girls. So whether they're on the 19th team or they're on the 16th team, 
you know, I look over, over like the whole program and, you know, we, 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 um, basically build a program, um, for our, for our players, like from, you know, freshmen all the way up to seniors. And, you know, we, we meet with them, you know, we'll meet with them individually, you know, as a group, um, and basically talk about, you know, as a freshman, like what, what, what should you be doing, you know, as a sophomore, you know, junior and senior, what, what is your key focus, whether you are uncommitted or committed? Um, and that's different, obviously, for every kid. Um, we really try and, you know, like it, in the end of the day, it, it's up to the player. It's their path, you know, and um, we, we don't do it for them. You know, we don't say, hey, come to Naha, you're going to go D1. Like, that's, you know, it's not true. You know, like everyone has to really buy in themselves and, you know, commit. You know, we can provide the resources and, you know, help them. And that's what we do, um, but you know it's it's up to the player at the end of the day. And um, so we we definitely recommend all of our girls to be proactive in this process, as you know they. So when it comes to emailing coaches, you know, um, you know, as they become able to talk with them, like you know, what are some things to help, you know, help them talk to coaches, some questions, kind of really like get their their wheels turning. Um, you know, like what do you like about certain schools? You want to go East Coast, West Coast? You know, we, we really like um, to educate our girls, but also like get them to start thinking and come up with a list, you know, as a freshman of 50 schools, who cares, put everything on there, you know, and then as they get older, they'll slowly, you know, say, oh, you know what, I want to stay East Coast, you know, or, you know, I like smaller schools, you know, and they can kind of narrow down their list. So um, I think the biggest thing is educating our players because a lot of them, you know, may not know, you know, or don't come from areas where maybe they didn't have an older sister, you know, that played or um so and then in terms of you know my role for with college coaches is you know it, it's uh goes back to networking um and talking to coaches you know being visible with them but also you know they're gonna they're gonna do their job and they're gonna watch the players you know and they're gonna find the players that they want and you know that's best for their program or the right fit off ice and on ice so we're kind of we're kind of, yes we talk to them and all but you know it's really up to them you know and um, we represent our kids and you know that's kind of how you know, we're there to answer any questions or set up, you know, calls as they get older and things like that. But, um, you know, can I ask our a question coaches, about that. Yeah. So um, before coaches can talk to, to a player, right. So they're, they're maybe still on the 16s team. Um, let's say, you know, a player, you know, one school is in their top five or top 10 and you also know the coaches there. Will you have conversations with that coach about that player who may have an interest in that school at the development level? Like where, what's this player like, how, you know, what you like in the locker room, what she, what are her strengths, what are her weaknesses? Not talk about offers, not talk about that, but will you right. talk about their skill level with that coach? Um, yeah, no, like I have coaches ask me about players that are, you know, whether they are 24s or coming up in the ranks because, you know, they want to build a profile on that player, like every other one. So yeah, I'll totally talk about them and answer questions that they may have. You know, how is she in the, you know, off ice? You know, one of the biggest, probably most asked questions I get is, you know, how is how is she in the locker room or how is she in the dorms? You know, because, you know, you can be the best hockey player of your age, you know, or in the country, but, you know, if you're not a great teammate or, if, you know, something lacks, that, that could potentially, you know, make or break, you know, and I think a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good players out there, you know, nowadays, and it's becoming, it's becoming very competitive, which is awesome, you know, so you really, players really have to find their ways to separate themselves from others, but it's also, you know, there, there's, there'll be someone else in line too, you know, and, um, you know, we're big on, 
you know, like um, discipline our kids with, you know, body language, you know, or the way you kind of, you know, talk to each other in public, you know, things like that, that some kids don't really think about, you know, and coaches see it all, you know, as college coaches, it's their job to observe, you know, office, you know, and they might watch you in the lobby and see kind of your, your, your mannerisms, you know, so, um, but yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we represent our kids, so we'll, we'll, we'll answer questions throughout the season or um, connect when we need to. Gotcha. All right. So I got one last question. A bunch of parents have been asking me this over the summer, which is, you know, what is the role of attending showcases or, you know, maybe even a tournament over the summer um, as it relates to the college recruiting process? Like how much is our coaches looking at specific kids and evaluating them versus how much of them are just discovering kids and how much, you know, how much do they need to watch a kid for them to really get a feel for where they are today versus how they might fit in later on and what they'll, you know, how, how they look at a player overall to potentially invite them to campus. Right, right. Yeah, so I guess like um, I, like as a college coach, like they want to get out there and watch as many girls as possible. Um, you know, they want to go to different showcases with different organizations because they might bring in different audiences, yeah. you know, and yeah, like they want to like they, they might discover a kid that they didn't see or they might be following this one kid for the last, you know, year and like want to see play at the U19 level. You know, so, I mean, it, it's a wide range. Like there is, there's also coaches that know how many spots they have, you know, and where their, their kids might be penciled in at. So, you know, but I think over the summer is a huge opportunity for players that, you know, may not have, you know, live in it, like play at a club team that might not have a very competitive schedule or might not have that much exposure. You know, like there's, there's a million and one showcase options out there. So you kind of also have to be smart in terms of what you pick. And, you know, also, you know, they can add up financially as well. So there's no need to go to 10 showcases over the summer, you know, no. because then you're not in the gym or you're not, you know, working on skills and skating. So it's that you definitely need to have that balance and pick and choose. Um, you know, if there's players that as they get older know which schools they want to like are interested in and maybe talking to the school or not, then maybe they pinpoint those showcases that those coaches are attending, you know, and kind of that's your way of connecting. Um, so, you know, in terms of college, back to college coaches, though, like they're going to get out there and watch as much as they can, you know, and, um, especially assistant coaches, you know, it's good for them to kind of network, you know, with other coaches as well, you know, and yep. things like that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I got, uh, we, we got to wrap this up. Like I said, I could keep going for, for quite a while and, and, uh, you got so much information that would be really helpful for the audience. But one last question for you, what advice would you give to players who are either considering like a hockey academy or, or a boarding school or a prep school? Um, and what advice would you have those who are more in the college recruiting process right now? What advice would you give to the players and parents? Yeah. I mean, for those girls that are in high school right now, um, you know, enjoy it, like have fun, you know, with it. Like I remember in high school, like I wasn't thinking like college, 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 right? Like as early on, like I was in the, I played in the Bronx, New York. I didn't know what college hockey was like until later on. So, you know, my advice is to, you know, enjoy it, have fun, you know, get out there and meet new teammates, new friends from all over the country because you'll eventually circle back with them, um, you know, and, uh, and skill development, work on skills. You know, you don't need to chase, you know, 30 40 games in the summer you know work on skill development you know if you have coaches for that that's awesome you know if you don't there's so many resources and tools out there that you can kind of be creative with um but you know just have fun and you know you play the sport because you love it you know and not just because it's a chore you know so 
just ask yourself that kind of sometimes and you look in the mirror um, and just kind of stay on track. But um, for those girls that are looking to be recruited in college, um, whether you are 22 or 23, um, you know, and you're uncommitted, it, it's, you know, everyone has a different timeline, you know, and obviously with COVID and other hurdles that are in the way, it's easy to kind of, you know, blame that and, you know, partially true, but, you know, you, you need to kind of worry about your path and you, you really, you have to be proactive, you know, and any, any girl like rising juniors this year, you know, and you have to be proactive in your, in your process and kind of, you know, take the steering wheel on it because, you know, no one is going to put that much work into it rather than yourself. Um, and it's not up to your parents to do that. You know, it's up to you. Um, you know, your coaches, your mentors are there to support you and give you advice. Um, but, you know, I, you know, highly recommend to, you know, take the steering wheel on it and be proactive throughout the process. And um, you're not annoying college coaches, you know, by emailing and calling, like you're, you're doing your job, you know, and, um, but, um, and again, like your, your skill development isn't over either. You know, um, I've had players that, you know, made a tremendous impacts from their junior into their senior year, you know, and um, so again, and having fun with it, like, uh, you know, part of it can feel like a business as you get older, but, you know, you have to trust the process. And if you're doing everything that you can control in the end, you know, you got to trust that and you have to worry about your skill development because that has to constantly improve um, and uh, being proactive in the process and ask for help. If you don't know, or you don't have a mentor, Again, there's resources out there for that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. All right, Tony, thank you so much. Uh, it was great, you know, learning about, you know, your, your background and uh, your, your time at Boston College. It was great diving deep on uh, the Naha program and then obviously your advice now on, on the recruiting process. So thank you so much for coming on the Champs at Podcast. Yeah, right. Thank you very much. And uh, congrats to you for celebrating the women's game here. So yeah. you're doing an awesome job for players and parents out there. So thank you very much. I'm looking forward to uh, listening to more podcasts from you. I really want to thank Tony for coming on the podcast. I learned a ton about the Naha program and their various events. It was also great to hear her perspective on the role of a coach in the college recruiting process. And remember, if you got something out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you'd like, follow, subscribe, and even better, if you could leave us a review so we can keep sharing this important hockey information with folks just like you.